Well, good morning. You know, today I just want to continue a series that I've been doing called Your World Has Changed. So much of the last year has just brought this seismic shift to our culture, resulting in so many implications that are going to take time to see the fruit of and to see the to really understand and see the impact of them. They'll be both positive and negative. They'll be physical, emotional, spiritual, economic, social implications, so on and so on. And we could go on uh, for quite some time. But regardless, we have to ensure that our foundation is solid and secure, best enabling us to re-emerge in the most healthy way possible. And I want to encourage you, uh, if you haven't already, if you've missed any parts of these series, catch up online on previous weeks. We're on a journey together of telling a story together. And today I just want to pick up on what I've called Spirit Encounter. You know, I've seen uh, the, the pandemic have a huge impact on the way many people engage with the Holy Spirit. I've actually, I would say this regardless of the pandemic, because there is always, um, this, this has always been something that's weighed heavily on me. How are we? How do we? How will we engage with the Holy Spirit? Because the Spirit goes wherever the Spirit is welcomed. And if we aren't welcoming him, then we aren't going to be uh, living out our fullness. We're going to be bereft of something. And that's going to have an impact not only on us, but then also on the world around us. So today I just want to briefly look at three things. They're not going to be clear points that are interweaved throughout um so I'll, I'll say them now so that you don't feel lost at the end. And uh, this could be a reference point for you. But also, if you zone out at any point, honestly, I would say grab on to, to these three things because these are foundational not only this week, but I'd say for, for all time, for our future together. So firstly, I want to say this. Jesus is enough. Secondly, we've got to get to him. And then thirdly, keep going. So if we understand and we live by those three things, we'll be doing well. Firstly, Jesus is enough. Secondly, we've got to get to him. And then thirdly, keep going. Honestly, right now, whatever you are facing, whatever you are experiencing, whatever you have, you are or you will go through, Jesus is enough. And my, my purpose in life, if I can, is to get you closer to him. If I can drag you just one inch closer, that's what I want to try and do. You know, Job uh, 45, sorry, Job 42 verse 5 says this. Job responds to the Lord and he says, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. We want to be people that see him with his with our own eyes you know he's seen something of God despite the pain and the challenges that he walked through and Job 19 verse 25 is one of the most precious verses in the Bible to me personally it says this but as for me I know that my redeemer lives and he will stand upon the earth at last and after my body has decayed yet in my body I will see God. I will see him for myself. Yes, I will see him with my own eyes. I am overwhelmed at the thought. And I want to say, I've seen something of Jesus. Yes, there's always more to see. But of what I've seen, I would say exactly the same as Job. That passage is opens my eyes to, I, I long for you. 
I long for you to see all that is possible. And we're going to try and drag you, if we can, just another inch closer today. Luke 5, 18 says this. Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof, took off some tiles. They lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. We want to get you to him. You know, if you don't have the faith, if you don't have the energy, if you don't have the reserve, if you're spent, I want to try and get you with everything within me, even just an inch closer than you currently are. Jesus is enough. So I need to help you see him. I can't solve your problems. I can't eradicate your burdens, but I do know somebody who can. I often resolve not to tell God how big my problems are, but to tell my problems how big my God is, because Jesus is enough. Colossians 1.15, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, reveals God to us. You know, and it'd be dangerous to try and give you an exact formula of how to get to him, to how to experience him, to how to walk in relationship with him through encounters with the Holy Spirit. Because after all, Jesus said in John 3, he said this, the wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit, but we've got to get to him. It's what the Gospels are full of, people seeing and responding to Jesus. They'd come to him often so simply with whatever it was on their hearts. You know, I'm blind, I'm deaf, I'm hurting. People came to him and people unraveled before him and he set people free. But how do we how do we do that? How do we get to him? Well, let me just tell you some of my story because so often we find our story in somebody else's story or at least we're inspired to search out for our own. And I'm not saying this is right. I'm not saying this is the only way, but we've got to start somewhere. I want to just drag you, if I can, at least an inch closer to him today. So uh, what I want to do is help rip off some of the roof tiles to lower you through to the feet of Jesus. And, um, you know, when, when I was when I was younger, I had quite a um, quite a reserved mindset when it came to encounters with the spirit. I, you know, I chatted with other people and I chatted with people in a in a church and in who were in a leadership role within that church who'd explained to me that the, the the some of the holy spirit stuff was kind of a um reserved for jesus's time it's not for here and now and i look back and i remember some of the chatter about this that was happening and some of the things that caused them to want to steer me away from it and it's kind of funny as i piece those pieces together in my mind now i think actually what they were telling me about was some of the remarkable moves of the spirit at the time that were happening in the vineyard. And, um, you know, I, 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 at that time, even as a young adult, I would say I was a bit of a bag of nails. You know, I, I was so caught in hurt, but also so caught in a mindset of religion and religious motion that it was all head rather than heart and it was dry and disconnected. And I've told many of you this story that we came to Manchester in 2000 and um, 
I ended up in the the Manchester Evening News Arena, thousands of people worshipping God. And we'd been out on social action projects during the day and in the evening we came back to the arena and we invited other people to come with us, anyone we met. So there's all sorts of people in this building and they're they're not necessarily, but what's been led is a time of worship to God. And I was right in the middle of the main floor of the arena, just in front of the sound desk. And we put all of our bags and the coats and stuff we had with us that day. And um, we'd piled it just behind the barrier of, of the sound desk. And everyone around us is worshipping God. And I'm with my mate who is was worshipping God. And he, he came to me and he's like, my, my bag's been nicked. And he'd lost his camera at the time. It wasn't on his phone and all that. We didn't really have phones. But... Um, Basically, everything he had with him for that day and all of his valuables had been nicked. And he wasn't really bothered about it at all. He's like, you know, oh, oh well, it's, it's worth it. If that's what gets them in this building, it's worth it. And I was thinking, well, that's a bit of an odd way of seeing it. It didn't really make a lot of sense in my mind, but okay. And let's, let's carry on with this thing. Anyway, we're right in the middle of this song and it's Delirious playing. You know, some of you will remember delirious and um it was ridiculously loud like the bass was pumping to the point where it felt like it would physically move me and everyone around me is jumping and all sorts is going on and somehow i don't really know how it happened somehow i just found myself on my knees head to the floor um felt actually completely deaf to anything that was going on around me now that might sound a bit weird and actually to me at the time it kind of was because I couldn't hear a thing and all I was doing was face to the floor on my knees crying before Jesus little did I know that that moment that encounter whatever happened in that moment changed my life forever going forward and little did I also know that on the same night Steph had a similar encounter and the next day we met each other, which is a whole other story in itself. But in that moment on my knees, well, what really happened? Did something physically happen? No, not necessarily. It was a bit odd, the thing that happened with my hearing. But other than that, nothing necessarily out of the ordinary. Did I get a lightning bolt from heaven? No, I wouldn't say that. But it was an encounter and a moment of surrender. I surrendered my life. I surrendered my plans. I surrendered all that I thought was right to Jesus and I gave it all to him and I repented and without actually fully realizing it I would say I turned from who I was and I was turning towards who he was calling me to be and I would say up until that point in my life I had never known or experienced anything quite like that moment or the encounter I had with the Holy Spirit. For some people, coming towards Jesus is not a moment, it's a period or a journey of time. For me, I would say actually that was a significant moment, but it was the infilling in that moment and the subsequent filling of the Holy Spirit that I want us to understand and chase after. One of the things that has actually troubled me most over the last uh, year throughout this pandemic is is just realizing and seeing that sometimes some people will have stopped the holy spirit moments because our life rhythm has changed or has been jolted but those holy spirit moments those encounter moments need to be regular and they need to be hungered 
after? Can I just stir in you a relentless hunger and desperation for the presence of God in your life? I wish somebody had told me sooner. I mean, like, try and stop me now. No chance. He's changed my life and I, at any point, I want to see and I want to know the inbreaking of the kingdom of God. I have an expectation that at any point, in any everyday routine, any relationship, at any moment, we can see the breaking in of the kingdom of God, the reign and rule of God. And it is life-changing and life-giving. The power of God manifest among us. It's both a work of God and I also believe human collaboration because our faith and our hunger and the posture and the positioning of our hearts can become a lightning conductor for it. So what, what troubles me in this season is, well, it's that sometimes we stop creating the environments that's that we lessen our desire and our resolve or that we don't create a rhythm and an expectancy and an openness to the Lord. It's not just a gathered church thing that we do, you know, that bit at the end where we wait on the Spirit. Don't get me wrong, I love that and I can't wait for those moments again and those moments in small group or wherever it might be when we're together, but it's regularly practicing and resting in the Holy Spirit. I regularly get arrested by the Holy Spirit. Sometimes they've been a bit weird and a bit out there. Some of you might use language like that, but most of the times you, you wouldn't even externally realise it or know it. Here's, let me give you an example of maybe the slightly more you know like out there one. Once we were on holiday and I'm playing volleyball in the swimming pool and I was completely overcome by the Holy Spirit. I started laughing, but not like a normal laugh. It was a spirit laugh, absolutely overcome and somehow I made it to the edge of the pool without drowning and I lay on the side of the pool laughing hysterically for about 20 minutes no trigger point no prior warning no like oh this I feel this is about to happen it just happened most of you will think well Paul that's a bit odd isn't it um well you know often I would say in the moment sometimes it's hard to understand or articulate but I'd say as I've looked back on moments like that it's often been quite a deep work of inner healing or a work or a seasonal time although the Lord is strengthening me I've often found as I look back with hindsight that the spirit has come on me sometimes to prepare or strengthen me for something that's the head you know, you might put that in the box of that's a bit more out there. But what about the other times? I would say multiple, many times where you wouldn't necessarily even realise or know. Sometimes I could just be sat, I could be reading, or I could see something when I'm out and about or whatever it might be. And I would say, I almost use that language, I feel arrested by the Holy Spirit. I'd have a sense or an awareness of his presence. I'd have an unction to do something or to change something in my life, to share something with somebody else, maybe a God moment of sharing my faith. Um, or it could be something quite random from nowhere that has popped into my head and I'd entertain the thought and that thought would grow. And I would say, uh, I'd use language like it almost feels a bit of a revelation from God. It could be some kind of, um, or some form of thought or a picture in my mind or a memory or a intuition or an emotion or a physical sense, something like this. In fact, I would actually say it's less about how it looks because for all of us, it will be slightly different and we will respond differently. It's just that we need to have an openness and a hunger for it. 
It's the environment we create and we long to foster. It's our own sensitivity and our willingness and our longing to embrace it. It's a removing of that almost stiff upper lip, you know, like the crossed arms. I I will not, I cannot, you know, no, no, no. The mentality that can so quickly and easily creep in. And it's an awareness that throughout the pandemic that that may not be spirit encounters, encounters with the spirit of God may not be in our natural rhythm or diet. And it's those moments that I long for us to create, to seek them out. And uh, when we do, it will sharpen us, it will shape us, it will change us. And it will also do that as an overflow for those around us and for our city, because that is the natural overflow of what the Father does through us. You know, in Acts chapter 6, when the apostles were about to release the food programme, they sought out people like this. It says Acts three, uh, sorry, Acts 6, verse 3, it says, And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and who are full of the Spirit and wisdom. It's the people that we want to be. We want to be full of the Spirit. We want to be people who are filled by and controlled by the Spirit. It's a process that refines and matures our character and therefore our openness to it and our willingness to respond. And it's going to be a significantly defining factor in our discipleship. I could tell you just off the top of my head, just 10 or 15 moments and encounters I've had that have been profound with the Holy Spirit, like the one in the that in the swimming pool, a few in small groups, a number of Sundays on church, driving in the car, once at a team retreat, a number where I've been with Steph and we've been crying out to God. I could list them, I could name them. And as I look back with hindsight, I could attribute most of them to, to, to things I may not have known in the moment or been able to articulate in the moment, but that the Lord and the Father was doing something in me. But upon that, layer upon layer upon layer, hundreds and thousands of moments, not ones that would stand out, not ones that I would necessarily remember, not ones that might have been accompanied by the kind of physical response or aligned with some kind of life event or defining moment, but just being still in the presence of God, open and hungry to him to be moulded, to be shaped, to be empowered, to be equipped and to be refined. He is enough, but we've got to get to him. Everything else will fight for it, will fight for that time and for that space. Well respected and full of the spirit and wisdom. That was the people they sought out to release, full of the spirit. You know, so often we can end up being full of everything else. I just want to be full of the spirit. Wouldn't that be the thing that marks us and defines us? Everything else that's going to compete for it, we've got to be so wary of. Even our own awareness of how we feel or think or what others might think of us. Honestly, my best advice is get over all of that. We want to be people that practice his presence and practice it with others. We create moments of encounter and they, they need not be weird. We don't have to do anything super spiritual. Now, this might be your thing, and I'm not trying to be offensive in any way. I just want to say it's not my thing. I've never lit a candle 
or sat on a mat and gone, okay, God, now get me. You know, I, I know people who do that, but that's just not me. I've never waved a flag or lit or wafted incense. Again, that might be your way, and I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just that's not me. And in my head, that's been some of the stereotypical ways or things I might have to do, but that's that's just not how it has been for me. And therefore, what, I, what I'm trying to say is it can be quite normal for you. The Lord wants to meet you as you, not as you might have seen it for someone else. And so it's, it's so natural to me and how I'm wired, and yet it's not normal or natural because an encounter with the supernatural is not actually normal. Now, what we're going to need to do is normalise to the not normal without normalising it to the point where we don't keep pressing in for more. Does that make sense? I think we need to normalise for our longing, our hunger and our thirst for it, but we don't want to become so normalised that we don't keep stirring and longing and driving for it. Does Does that make sense? What would um, some Some would say to me, what on earth then was going on that day in the swimming pool, I could give you many examples like that. Well, I would say some of the stuff that we see in Acts 2.12, because it said they stood there amazed and perplexed. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What could this mean? They asked each other, but others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they're just drunk, that's all. This gives us reason to suppose that when the Holy Spirit fell on them, they were so overwhelmed in their physical beings that they looked slightly different to what others might have been expecting of them. Of course, we never seek out or um, like that's not the drive or the factor that we're looking for. What we seek and what we look for is change lives and change behavior because God's Holy Spirit is the agent of change. You know, especially in the West, we've been conditioned to rationalize every experience as, and, and to almost not trust our emotions. We're so afraid of being caught up in emotionalism that we can miss the fact that we were designed to feel the presence of God, the presence of the living God, because he is a person. And we have to approach this with a bit of a childlike faith. I think we see that in, in Luke uh, 11, verse 11. It says, your, your, you fathers, if your children ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask you for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? My question is this, are we going to ask him? Because I long to see among us a culture of asking him, creating encounter moments, knock, seek, ask moments. Ask him that your neighbours would come to faith. Ask him that your leg would be healed. Ask him that your heart would be changed. But also ask him just to visit you in ways that you don't even know or understand or don't necessarily even have the words or language or insight to ask for or foresee. We just want to be immersed. We want to be overwhelmed. We want to be out of our depth in his presence. John 15 verse 26 says, But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. He will send him and he will come when we ask. 
we aren't always good at waiting though are we you know we we want to rush it or come on where is it or we get distracted acts 1 verse 4 says this and when he was eating with them he commanded them do not leave jerusalem until the father sends you the gift he has promised as i told you before john baptized with water but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we have to wait. They had to wait in Jerusalem. We want to be people that wait and create the encounter moments. And then we wait and we wait and we wait. The Apostle Paul said it like this. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4. He said, And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would not trust in human wisdom, but in the power of God. We don't want it to be from us. We don't want to rely on us. We're not trying to conjure something up, make something happen. We want to rely only on the power and the unction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. We have to lean in for this. 1 Corinthians 2.14 People who aren't spiritual can't receive these spiritual truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds like foolishness to them and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means. You know, to the rational mind, the things of the spirit can seem like foolishness. So when we see something that we consider strange, we need to be slow to pass judgment and use the discernment that the Holy Spirit provides us with. We can trust that our Heavenly Father gives good gifts when we ask for them. So we don't need to be unafraid or or fail to press in to ask for more of the wonderful, life-changing Holy Spirit. What we need now and what we need more than ever is a greater filling, to be filled where we've leaked and to be filled and to be filled and to be filled. We don't want to pass this off, you know, just as, um, oh, this, this, this isn't for me. This is for those that have been around for a while. This, this isn't for me or this is for them because it can't be for me because or it should be for them because and you you fill in the blank you you'll know what that is the reason even now that you would be coming up with the reasons why you, you this shouldn't be something that's for you but it says your heavenly father gives the holy spirit to those who ask him let's be people that ask often and ask regularly and ask without ceasing let me just finished by saying this because I said at the start we want to keep going and I want to say to you today keep going keep going keep going keep going with this but also keep going with your faith it breaks my heart to see so many picked off so many give up so many caught up in other things get filled again today find afresh his strength his life him 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 and keep going keep going keep going Matthew 11 29 says this take my yoke upon you let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light keep going keep going be refreshed in his spirit his yoke is easy to bear and the burden he gives is light let him lift some of it off you Matthew 12 verse 20 he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle finally he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be the hope of all the world his name 
will be your hope and the hope of the world around you and hope for the whole world. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep pressing in to the spirit, refreshed, energized, revitalized, burdens lifted. Whatever challenge, problem, difficulty you face, today the solution, the place to see it alleviated, the help, the advocate, the comforter, the strength in your time of need is found in him. So we want to find it. We want to press in for it. We want to long for the encounter moments. Even if you don't feel you have any of that, don't go to him just because of that. Go to him regardless. Keep keep creating the encounter moment. We want to create that rhythm and that diet regardless. I don't just go because I need something. I'm not just seeking his hand. I'm seeking his face. And regularly, if we ask we will see more, we'll know more, we'll understand more, we will encounter the Spirit, create the encounter moment. Let's even do it now because we need Him. We come to Him and He is enough. I hope that's encouraging for you today.